0: Welcome to All Nations Christian Fellowship. Here's Pastor Cleason. Hello. Hi. Good morning. Thank you for uh, for coming today on this uh, wonderful Easter Sunday. We'll We'll see today the third and last message on our series on Easter and today I'd like to speak about the latest news in your life. So I want to invite you to open your Bible in the Gospel of Luke chapter 24, Gospel of Luke chapter 24, verse 13, I will read through 35. Luke, chapter 24, verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were... They were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast, and one of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? Jesus asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. they came and told us that they had seen a, visit of, a vision of angels who said he was alive then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said but they didn't they didn't see Jesus and Jesus said to them how foolish you are and how slow how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken did not the messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. Today is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at a table with them, he took Brad gave thanks, broke in, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning with within while he talked with us on the road and opened the Scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem, there they found eleven, and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way, and how Jesus was recognized by then when he broke the bread. Let's pray. Dear God, this is a wonderful passage of the Bible, of your word. It's a wonderful passage that, Testifies about Jesus' resurrection. But we need your wisdom today. We need your help. We need your blessing for us to understand what's going on here. And how can we apply these wonderful words to our lives today as disciples of Jesus living in the 21st century in our beautiful city of Vancouver. So please come and help us in the name of Jesus. Amen. A group of people, they they were following Jesus into the villages and cities as he preached the kingdom of God. They became friends of Jesus. They believed in what he said. They saw Jesus reaching out and purifying lepers with a simple touch of his fingers. They saw Jesus speaking with winds and waves and they saw that nature submitted to him immediately. They saw Jesus speaking to demons and with merely one word they were frightened and left their victims. They saw Jesus uh, resurrecting dead people. They saw Jesus healing all kinds of disease. They saw Jesus opening the eyes of a man born blind. Blind. They saw Jesus relating with all kinds of people, people who nobody wanted to relate to. And then they were, they were able to discern the strange and weird presence of God in that human being in, in his early 30s and they were so excited they were so dazzled they were so sh- shocked that the only thing that they could do was surrender themselves to the fascination of jesus they saw that the one who was there in front of them with them walking with them living with them was actually the maker of all people the maker of all nature the maker of the entire world, all the galaxies, all the universe, all the existence, the creator of all the visible and invisible entities. They saw that the one who was there with them was indeed God in flesh, God covered with nerves and flesh and skin, god looking at life with the eyes of a human being but it was really and totally and completely and holy god and they were so amazed with this perception and with this revelation that they had no other option but confess jesus as lord of all and when jesus comes then and asks them, them, who do the crowds say, I am? Peter says, you are the Christ, you are the Son of the living God. And this became the confession of all of them, because they they were filled with hope. They were absolutely sure that the kingdom of God had finally arrived, and they were absolutely sure that the king of the kingdom was right there with them. So they began to look at the future with a of extreme and deep hope. Jesus uh, had left Galilee towards Jerusalem and they were they they were with this growing expectation that upon arriving there in Jerusalem, the kingdom of God would be finally made visible, and that Jesus will be the king of the whole planet. And Israel will convert him, and Rome will submit to him, and all injustice will be banished, all iniquity will turn away, all anger and misery will be exiled, the works of the devil will be definitely extinct, and there will be endless peace on the whole earth. And when they arrive to Jerusalem, they see Jesus doing the unthinkable, the unimaginable. He he purifies the temple, he kicks out the money changers, he denounces the hypocrite religion, he condemns the jealous and unfriendly religious leaders. They see Jesus performing extraordinary miracles. They see the crowns grow frantic. And anytime now, they thought, anytime now, the kingdom of God will emerge right in front of us. It's it's just a matter of time. But on the contrary, what stands out out is, is not a throne, but a cross. Now, instead of the crown cheering Jesus, they suddenly and devilishly changed sides. They, they are now accusing Jesus. They are cheering with the same chorus of those who were asking Jesus death. And the disciples, they were perplexed with all of that. It's a, it's a nightmare. They were, they're, they're still looking at the crowd, amazed. And then they look back to Jesus who was already there. At the top of the hill between two criminals, nailed to a piece of wood, hanging between heaven and earth, bleeding in agony in total abandonment, crowded with thorns and crowned with irony. And all the sweet dreams the disciples had about the kingdom of God had suddenly died right before them. And their hearts fell into this terrible hole. And all that reality was a hideous discouragement, an evil feeling, an evil atmosphere fell on their souls and the sun of their hearts was gone. Because now it's only the dark night of the soul. And Saturday had passed with Jesus in that horde tomb. Sunday had arrived and these two men are here in this text live in Jerusalem. They are... They are leaving Jerusalem because the city is no longer a good city for them. There there are no good memories in Jerusalem. There are no good things in Jerusalem. So they are leaving not only Jerusalem behind, but they are leaving their dreams behind. They are leaving their hopes behind. They are leaving everything behind. They are are now going back to their small little village. They are going back to to resume their routine. They are their unassuming life, to the weary of everyday life, to the existence without horizons, to that petty and mediocre kind of life with no spiritual excitement, with no dream about justice, with no dream about peace, with no dream about hope, with no abundant life, nothing. They had left everything behind and now they are returning their small little village of Emmaus. And there are two of them going on the way here in this text we just read, talking and thinking about everything, when suddenly a third person appears out of nothing, a weird weird guy, comes to them and say, Hey, hi, how are you? And the two disciples continue walking and they don't give too much attention to this third person when, when this person, this weird person, comes a little bit closer and, and, and asks them another, another question, what, what are you guys discussing together as you walk along the road? And then they look at this weird lone rider and they, 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 they stop, annoyed by that question that seemed to be totally stupid, and tell him back, Hey, listen, don't you know what happened in Jerusalem these days? Don't you know about Jesus of Nazareth, prophet, powerful in words and deeds before God and, and all the people? Don't you know that our rulers handed him over to be crucified and killed him? We thought that he was going to redeem Israel. But now it's, it's, it's the third day already since all this took place. And he's dead. Our dream is dead. Our hope is dead. Our Messiah is dead. Yeah, it is true that some of our women amazed us telling us that they they had a vision of angels saying that he was no longer there because he now he was he was alive again. It is true that some of our companions, some of our friends went to the tomb just to confirm everything that the woman has said about it, but they couldn't they couldn't see Jesus. We haven't seen Jesus. And then this strange lone traveler gets even even closer. And tell them how foolish you are and how slow to believe in everything that the prophets have said about the Messiah. Did not the Messiah have to suffer before entering his glory? And then he explained everything about Jesus in the Old Testament. And when they arrived in Emmaus, this is, this is very interesting because Jesus kept going as if he was moving forth. But then they said to Jesus, don't go. Stay with us. They, they, they had no idea why why they were doing this, but stay with us. It's You see, it's late. The day is almost over. Stay here. And then Jesus came in and stayed with them and took bread and did what He had done hundreds and hundreds of times in front of them. He broke the bread, He gave thanks, and then their eyes open, and then they, they they realized that the one who was there was jesus who was alive from the dead now let me tell you some things about this story some things that i think are very very important for us the first thing is a question what was happening with these two disciples here as they walked along that road. You see, they left everything behind. They left behind the cross, they left behind the buried Jesus in that hard tomb, they left behind their hope and their dreams. And they, they were still carrying this huge dose of frustration and melancholy. Well, let me tell you what's going on here. The first thing they are feeling deeply betrayed by God as though that God had played a trick on them. God had promised so many things to us. God had promised that the kingdom would arrive. God had promised to us that we would be part of something extraordinary. God filled our hearts with a huge dream, which is now a nightmare, all the colors of my life are now gray. All expectations are now turned to hopelessness. All the strength to live is now turned into radical depression. The throne didn't come. The cross is here. God is playing with us. God is joking with us. And this happens more often than we think. When we somehow get the feeling that God's promises to our lives were not fulfilled. But second, that hearts are absolutely captive, dominated by the past. They they completely lost sight of future. They became character of the past. They are like pieces of an old and abandoned museum of hopes which had abandoned them and, and will never come back. The Bible says that when Jesus approached them, approaches them and, and asks them to talk about what they're talking about, what they're thinking about everything, all the verbs are in the past. All expectations are from the past. All the possibilities of a distant life were in the past because there is nothing in the present, nothing in the future, nothing to hope about. Their minds had plunged into a... a Pessimism of death. No more redeemer. No more redemption. No more savor. No more salvation. We had expected that he was the one who would redeem Israel. And now we have no hope. Because he is dead. And you see many people in our city today. Are living exactly the same way. They are people who have believed a lot. They are people who have put their whole lives in some hopes. And they have tremendous disenchantment and disillusionment and dissatisfaction. If you take from the the politics or civil civil leadership point of view, which is very important for, for any society, there's a huge disappointment. You can't find a hint of truth in the whole conversation about politics anymore. It's all about corruption. It's all about lust for power. It's all about injustice and inequality of treatment of people and companies and institutions. No one else stresses politics anymore. No one now stresses ideology. No one now stresses leadership because people have already had all kinds of shame, all kinds of fraud, all kinds of lies. And cheat and cheat and the deception. And if you take from the moral point of view, there's a radical discredit about everything. People can't trust nobody anymore. They say everyone is only thinking about themselves first about their own pockets, about their own successes, about their own social ascension. And there is no one with a good, good criteria, with a good character, with willingness to live an integral and, and a decent life. It, it, that's why there's a huge cynicism in our society today. And if you take from a family point of view, people are getting married already protecting themselves against their spouses. Because there's an overwhelming growth and the number of children growing up without a parent or both of them. And these children today, they will be citizens of a society that will say that a good and a sound life no longer exists. Because it is impossible to find a place where people can understand each other or people can make things right or people can listen to one another or people then can approach to one another and love to one another and forgive to one another. And even religion, if you take from religion point of view, it's no different. Many people are so disillusioned with Religious authority, it doesn't matter if it is a pastor, a father, or a priest. They say, all religions are the same. They just think about using us for their own benefit. All religions are the same because they can't offer anything to show me that there there is a way out of my troubles. They can't present the threat of hope that there may be a God who will help me. That's why there are a lot of People out there with a huge hole in their souls. There is an enormous pessimism around us and there is a cruel cynicism. And that's why I trust that God has given us this dream, this vision here to this church to be a caring and equipping church to influence our city with his love. Because it is hard for those people and it's hard for them to trust in anything. They have been deceived. They have been cheated. They have suffered all sorts of manipulation. And now they look into the future and say there is nothing else out there. No more Redeemer, no more redemption, no more Savior, no more salvation. What's left for me is just to go home and get into my room and sit on my couch. And live my little life inside my little world around me. There where I can protect myself against any kind of dream, because there is no hope, and no justice, and no joy, and no kingdom of God. What is left for me is my petty little life. It's to conform myself to my own misfortune. It's to live my own unhappiness, pretending I am happy. It is to forbid myself to dream about anything again, because I will never deceive myself again. And Jesus finds these two disciples here on the road exactly in this situation. And that's why he asks them, hey, listen, what's the matter? And they look back at Jesus, surprised, upset, annoyed, as they were saying, man, where have you been? Are you are you the only one who doesn't know what happened? Are you the only one who doesn't know the latest News, And then Jesus looked back at them, and I love that question, when he says, what things, what are the latest news? You want to talk about latest news, okay, so let's talk talk about latest news. Why don't you tell me? Maybe I don't know. Now you know what, what is Jesus doing here? Jesus is making them think. Jesus is saying, hey, look at me. You guys want to talk about latest news. Okay, so let's talk about latest news. The first thing about the latest news is this. You are late. You both are late. Because the newspaper you have in your hands is from Friday afternoon. After that, already came out another paper on on Saturday, blank, with no news at all. And you are not even aware about the Sunday morning newspaper. The news that drives you both comes from Friday afternoon. It is the Passion Post, the Jerusalem Times, a Friday special edition. You want to know about the latest news? So I'll tell you about it. Today, Sunday very early in the morning the tomb was opened and like a lion I roared from inside out. And I'm here now to tell you that you know nothing about what God is doing in the world. You are nothing, you know nothing about what God is doing in your own lives. Because you both are living from outdated, obsolete, obsolete news. The latest news is not about my death the latest news is about my resurrection and from now on death will never say the last word again because from now on the last word will always always and always be resurrection God is sovereign. You want to talk about latest news? Let's talk about latest news. God is sovereign. He has reserved to himself the right to say to all women and to all men, all the angels and to the devil, to any human and heavenly authority, that he is the one who gives the latest news. He is the one who updates things in this world and entire creation and in your lives. Now tell me, what is the latest news in your life? Is it the news that speaks about struggles and problems and limitations? About the hard life you have at home with your family or at work? About your difficulty to accept what is happening to you lately? Maybe the latest news in your life is about that problem that you have with your son or your daughter, your husband or your wife, people you love, people you like, people who are walking down the path and paying a high price for doing this, and people who are causing you to suffer along with them because you love them a lot. Or maybe the latest news is that the one that has caused you too much hurt and pain there is crushing you there is overwhelming you there is joking with all your hopes there is throwing away all the dreams that you had in your life but god brought you here today to this church this morning to tell you that through the mighty name of jesus this news that you think is the latest is actually outdated Because there is news which is the latest. It is the latest today and it will be always the latest. It is the news that God is victorious, that God has defeated death. It is the news that says that Jesus is no longer in that tomb. Because Jesus is powerful. Because Jesus is victorious. Victorious over death. And victorious over all the graves of the world. Over the power of evil. Over the power of misery. Over the power of sadness. That Jesus rose from the dead to ensure that every morning in your life the latest news is always given by God. Because the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is, his, great is His faithfulness. Now I would like you to quiet your soul and calm your heart. And pay close attention to the words I'm going to say to you right now. Every single morning, the reality of the power of God visits your life to tell you again and again that Jesus has risen, that He's not in that tomb. Know now that when your heart is full with the latest news of God, when you are faced with His wonderful news, when you faithfully believe that the resurrection is renewed every single day, you are then able to overcome pessimism of this world around you. And this is all you need sometimes doesn't matter what's happening in the world because you will wake up every morning and you get out of house every day. You will look around and you will say, yes, I live in this real world. I live in this world with all the disgrace, with all the unhappiness and all the sadness and wickedness and injustice and lack of hope and faith. I know that. I'm not an alien. I know this is real. But I also know that something this world doesn't know. I know of the news that this world doesn't know because I will not be the son. I will not be the daughter of the desperation of the world. No. I will be the son. I will be the daughter of the hope of resurrection. I will live in the strength of the resurrection. I will live with passion in the reality of the resurrection. I will live with love and the power of the resurrection. And I will win the victory of the resurrection through God's mercy and grace. It is true that the world can come against all people with all its despair with all its existential venom, with all the power to ruin everyone, making even people wish to die, but the world cannot impose its bad news, its bad news, on the lives of those who were sealed by the Lamb of God. You are all children of the resurrection. You are all dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Because inside your heart, there is a Sunday morning. Inside your heart, there is a rising sun. Inside your heart, there is a song of victory. That tells you that Jesus rose from the dead and will live forever. And there will be no despair that can enter your heart because you are of God And you have overcome despair, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. This is the latest news in your life. All the other news are outdated, obsolete. They have no long uh, truth. They have no long validation. They are expired. And this is what you have to think about it. Let's pray. Dear Almighty God, we are here today in All Nations Christian Fellowship. In this Easter Sunday morning to glorify and to worship You. To declare that You are God of everything and everyone. To say and confess our sins to You. In the expectation, in the hope that You will come and bless us and pour out on us your grace and mercy and forgive us. And we are sure of that because we know that Jesus is the king of the kingdom that you you are establishing. And you are using our own very lives to establish your kingdom. So please help us, bless us. Come here and be with us and show us that you have the latest news for our lives. And the latest news is that Jesus is risen, that Jesus is alive, and Jesus is here with us, helping us through all the difficult times we have in life. So please bless this church and bless all the people that come here and all the families represented here so that we can fulfill our dream we can fulfill our commitment to be a caring and equipping church for the city. Dear Almighty God, thank you very much for being who you are. So faithful to us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's sermon. God bless you.